Worlds 2 has finally arrived. We made it, Sheldon. We did it. We did. I gotta say, I think this is one of the wackiest finals in Challenge history. Like, one of the weirdest outcomes. (laughs) But, off the top, I'm John Shidley Hill. And as always, my name is Sheldon Alexander. I don't know why I said it like that. And this, I don't know, but I'm into it. (laughs) And this is You Killed It, the podcast about the challenge, Uh, the finale of War of the Worlds 2. Yes, the finale of War of the Worlds 2. And you know what's funny? I meant to bring this up before we started recording, but I'll just bring it up now because it's not not anything secretive. But what I was going to say was it was funny seeing people strategically message us on Twitter. Yes. Because we normally record Thursday morning and now we're recording on Thursday night. But I will say we have the best listeners because there are a lot of strategic messages because clearly people could tell that we hadn't seen the episode yet. Or at least there was a good chance that we hadn't seen the episode yet. And I just want to give a huge shout out to our viewers, to our listeners, sorry, who didn't spoil it, who were very careful cryptic with their messages you know about what happened in the final and i appreciate that i really do appreciate that yeah i appreciate it too it has been for both sheldon and myself it has been a very busy 24 hours in our real jobs um and like things that we could not move or work around and we had a conversation on tuesday where we both sort of saw the writing on the wall so (laughs) thank you to everyone who like would send messages and be like spoiler or like give us the heads up or we're like very as you said cautious the funny thing about letting us no the funny thing was go ahead i brag a lot on this podcast about my ability to like dip and dodge on social media when i haven't seen the challenge live but i was actually nervous because knowing that it would be a full 24 hours I didn't know if I would be able to maintain spoil without seeing spoilers. And what I thought I did see, I thought at one point I did see a spoiler. And I was kind of like, uh, I'm not sure if I saw that correctly or not, but uh, I'm still not sure. And it turned out to not be a spoiler at all. So <laughs> I thought at one point Ashley won. And it was because I don't, yes. I don't even know what it was that I saw because my thing is anytime I saw like, the and then ch i'm just quickly scrolling through anytime someone's name is someone who's also on the challenge i'm quickly scrolling through right and at one point i saw something with ashley and i thought it was i'm like oh no did that say ashley won i think it did but i'm not really sure i'm gonna keep scrolling and pretend this didn't happen so yeah i just wanted to share that because i feel like other people gotta feel that vibe when you're trying to avoid spoilers so just wanted to share that yeah, it was touch and go. Mm-hmm. Um, it honestly it helped that I was so busy at work today. Yeah, that I didn't even like I couldn't even check if I wanted to. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, but it was yeah, it was tough. It's hard out there for a gangster. <laughs> it's also hard out there for Polly. Apparently, who we uh, <laughs> we picked up where we left off, which was. Him having a near-death experience alone in the jungle. <laughs> and But he gets back up and keeps going. And at this point, Leroy and Zach are carrying the gurney by themselves. Everyone else is carrying the other stuff. Yeah. The American gurney, I should say. Yeah. 
Ashley at one point says to herself, everyone loves an underdog, which brings me to my first question of this podcast challenge, the, of this podcast, Sheldon. <laughs> Your name is not challenged, not yet. Um, are the Americans underdogs? I know they're losing, but can we say that headed into the final challenge that they were underdogs? No, and I, I think she knows that too. I think she's probably just referencing the fact that they're way behind. And so maybe in that sense, they were underdogs. Maybe that's what she's referring to. But the one thing I did want to bring up is the way that Polly got up. It eerily reminded me of like the Undertaker popping up out of the casket. <laughs> I was just like, hold on. How did my guy like the way that they cut it? It looked like he was dead. And then all of a sudden they cut back and he's like, he just pops up. And I was like, wait, why didn't he do that? Like way before. And then I'm like, ah, good editing people. You guys, you guys tricked me. You guys tricked me because I thought there was no chance he was getting up. The under Polly? <laughs> uh, something like that. Something like that. Well, Polly um, Bearer? Is that a thing? The po Oh, Polly Bearer. Whoa, oh, that's so good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on here? Uh, um, and we're only two Cara, minutes in, so I don't know where this podcast is going after this. <laughs> I don't know. We're pretty punchy. <laughs> Um, in confessional, Kara is praising Polly for showing so much heart. Yeah. And I have to ask, like, do you feel he's showing heart? Like, that's not, it's not the word that came to mind when I saw no, it. No, I still stand by the fact that no one else looks as washed as he does in this moment. And that's the part that still doesn't make sense to me. And I know later on in the episode, he tries to explain it to Kara and he's like, Oh, well, I was carrying it with the three girls and I was holding up the most weight. It's like, even if that is the case, I feel like it's somewhat evened out at a certain point. Then he spent the whole, what, second half not carrying anything and resting every yeah. opportunity he could. So, And they gave him all of the water. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I don't know. It really doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand how, like, no one else looked that close to being dead as Polly did. No one. No. So, Not a single person. He looked rough. Yeah. Uh, um, as someone pointed out, um, uh, I guess it was Tori later pointed out, he looked yellow. <laughs> <laughs> like, his skin tone had, had changed. Yeah. Like, his... His organs were clearly not processing things as they should. But even Tori said, right, like, I want to know what happened on their side because we just did the same thing and no one on our side looks like that. No, no one was even close on either team to being in the shape that Polly was. Yeah, I really don't. Care. Um, I am scrolling through Twitter to find okay. this. Well, but one of our listeners mm -hmm. was telling us last week um, okay last week let me i'm almost there okay 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 the anticipation is building we're thinking we're thinking here it is got it nala okay says just what she said last week just want to let you know about your comment about how the challengers look hot and sweaty already because you and i had pointed out that before the competition had even begun mm -hmm. they looked hot okay Ashley, in a recent interview, and Polly at his watch party, 
both stated that they slept in tents the night before with no ventilation in 100 degree weather, 100 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. Okay. Just adding that in because we are an international podcast. <laughs> um, so everyone got about two to three hours of sleep and they did not have any breakfast. Um, okay. Worth noting that, again, they all had to suffer through that. Like, yeah. Polly and Ashley and Zach and Ninja and Leroy and CT all had the same amount of breakfast, which is none. So um, can I? So it still doesn't explain why Polly was a wastes man, <laughs> but uh, it is worth noting that they had been already through the ringer before things began. My biggest takeaway of that whole thing is that Polly had a watch party and people went. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> that's, gonna, that's my biggest takeaway gonna, from that I'm like really people would go to Polly's gonna, watch party would you go to Polly's watch party no okay um, actually yes I would oh. so that I could have my photo taken beside him where we're both standing as tall as we can be oh wow um, oh wow jeez <laughs> the, 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 see Sheldon gets that joke because he knows how tall I am in real life Jeez. and you know what a dick move that is Jeez. I do want to circle back at, towards the end of the podcast about your comment about going to a watch party with Polly okay so okay. hopefully I remember to circle around to that okay okay well Polly was doing a lot of watching <laughs> so far in this episode his teammates doing a lot of work while the UK team finally got to the fourth check place or checkpoint, right? And, yep. I mean, it's a puzzle again, which, as we mentioned, is the ultimate equalizer because this puzzle looked really hard and they didn't really yeah. like show it in detail. So it's not like we could fully grasp exactly how hard it was, but you could just tell that the UK team, there was nothing cooking there. And for it to take, for them to just, you know, take the full time and not figure it out, that's kind of, you know, a testament to how hard it was. But also, I feel like they built up such a big lead that they were kind of stress free. And I think that that's a benefit. Because here, here's the thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, tell me I'm, I'm way off point if that's a thing. But. I feel like if you're stressing and you're, you know, you're trying to figure out this puzzle, you're stressing yourself so hard to figure it out, you're like wasting energy. You're wasting not only like physical energy, but also mental energy. And if you're just going to it just calm and cool, you know, they kind of let CT try to figure it out for a bit, let Jordan try to figure it out for a bit. But ultimately, you kind of just take that time to rest, knowing that you have a yeah. big lead. I think that might have been more important than them finishing, you know, two minutes earlier or five minutes earlier, whatever it was. What do you think? I totally agree with you. I think one of the big benefits of Team UK throughout the final challenge is their composure. Facts. Where they stayed pulled together they very rarely snapped at each other. They had good communication. They always focused on the long game and remembered that, like, they always kept in mind that they had a long way to go, mm -hmm. right? Like, they always kept healthy perspective. 
And this is a great example of it. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, the opposite of keeping composure is Team USA. And, yeah. I mean, Leroy's trying to keep things together, but their gurney was the opposite of together as it finally broke. And Team USA, I mean, they're struggling. They're they're beefing with each other. They finally do get to the puzzle, though. And they kind of, you know, left it in the hands of Polly. And Polly finishes it pretty quickly, right? Like they get the puzzle yeah. done, which is more than the UK d- team did. And it seemed to be like Polly figured it out. And my question to you, John, does Polly figuring out this puzzle make up for the fact that he almost died? I have to say, if I was on the American team, mm-hmm. I'd actually be pissed. Oh. Because I'd be like, wait a second. You had that in you? <laughs> like, where was that half an hour ago? Like, uh, in all seriousness, if you have heat stroke, one of the first things to go should be your brain. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. the brain is largely liquid. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like think about, like, a hangover, right? A hangover is dehydration. Yep. Like, you get a crushing headache as soon as you're dehydrated. So, like, how is Polly all of a sudden a wonderkin? Like, it... I'm not saying that I think Polly was faking it because I don't. I think he, he really was struggling. Yeah. But like my first, my gut re, like I think what he did was impressive that he did so well on the puzzle. But my gut reaction would be like, yo, where the fuck was this? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it doesn't make up for it for you if you're on his team. Uh, no, not for me. See, how about for you? I kind of think that it might until I watch the episode. Because in the moment, I might feel like, oh, shit, if he wasn't here, we, we wouldn't have made up all this time. We would have still been there. You, you know what I mean? But until you see the episode and see kind of how far ahead they were, then it kind of like lessens the impact that Polly made. Because really at this point, what's yeah. the difference between being 20 minutes behind and 30 minutes behind, right? Like it didn't really make a difference. He just kind of, and I also think they kind of just let him go with it. Like, no one really tried yeah. to step in. And I feel like there was almost a sense of defeat that already crept in with the UK, t- with the US team, sorry. And so it oh, was yeah. kind of just like, uh, all right, if he says he can do this, let's let him try to do it. He already cost us a game, anyways. So I don't know. Yeah. And like, to your point, like, let's say he, like, caught them up by two minutes, but he definitely set them back, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> it's true. Very true. And still also setting them back is, one, like, how many times were they just, like, resting? There's another point after that where they're just multiple times, where they're just, like, chilling. I'm like, wait, how many rests do you guys need? That was a yeah. weird part, too. And who knows? Maybe they edited out the UK team resting. But I just felt like... So many times it appeared to me anyways that the U.S. team was resting. And, I mean, the finger pointing was crazy. And at certain points, you know, Cam was trying to lead. At other points, Leroy was trying to lead and keep the team together. But Zach's yelling. Ashley's yelling. I mean, Kara and Polly obviously are just doing nothing. Same with Ninja. Mm-hmm. So it was just really, really odd. And... So once the UK team finishes, once both team finishes, right, they basically had to run down to the dock, get onto a boat, where you finally got to get some snacks. 
right? Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out that the U.S. team they added time to, right? Yes. So they got, I think it was a 10-minute penalty. I could be wrong, though. It was a 10-minute penalty, and I noted that down because I was kind of pissed that they only were docked 10 minutes. <laughs> I think this is another uh, strategic producering move because yeah. they're probably so far behind anyways Right. So even if you had it in the rules, let's say beforehand, you had it in the rules that this would be a half hour penalty. You just lessen it anyways, because you're like, they're not coming back. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, they have no chance in coming back in this portion. of it I just anyways. I just say that it was unfair because. CT broke the rules. Yes. Mm-hmm. When he shoved the uh, American gurney. But that was like a quick moment, like a one-off thing, and the Brits were docked 10 minutes. Ah, I got you. The Americans willfully broke the rules for hours. Ah. Right? Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. they repeatedly switched between checkpoints. Many of them carried uh, the, the weights, the sandbags, when they shouldn't have been. They even said at one point, Zach says, we're going to get this gurney across the finish line, even if it means breaking the rules. Yeah. And yes, CT broke the rules, but like in my mind, heat of the moment versus like making a conscious decision as a team to break the rules for hours is a lot different than one member of the team lashing out in the heat of the moment. For sure. And again, that's why I think like the the concept of, hey, well, we're only doing this for one minute or whatever it was. I still stand by. I think that they just added that. They just said that. But really, it's, you know, it would have been something insane, right? Like, whatever the time was, it would have been something insane. Because, or else, in theory, you could have just started from the beginning and just come up with some scam right off the right off the bat, right? Where everyone's just carrying a bag. And so nobody's, you know, carrying the huge load of the gurney and then whatever's on top, right? Yeah. Um, I wonder, like, the way the Americans reacted when they learned that they were being docked 10 minutes. Okay. None of them seemed upset. Do you think they were just, as you said earlier, that they were just resigned to the fact that they weren't going to catch up? I think so. And I think they were already so frustrated. And at this point, it's like they were mad, but you could also tell that they like getting more mad wasn't going to help and they knew it. So Zach would have like his little bursts of getting mad, but overall he would just like go back to just saying nothing. Right. Leroy and cam were, they both were kind of just like, okay, they would try to motivate Ashley. Same thing. But overall you could tell they were just like, we're, we're done and yelling isn't going to help. So we might as well try to motivate And meanwhile, as you mentioned, the UK team was just super pleasant. But I also ask you, I ask you this question. So the UK team gets on the boat. They have to swim to where the snakes are, right? So what was the whole benefit really of finishing first? Well, the next day, like the start of day two, they got that five minute head start. No, no, no. But I'm saying like, but, so think about it, right? Like, let's say that. So the U, the UK team gets there way in advance. Is it just that they get to rest sooner? 
because all yeah. that happened was they're both at the same place. They're both. It's not like there was like more snakes in the U.S.'s side for them. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like they had to deal with more snakes or they didn't get a bed to sleep in. Like, they got to the same place and had to deal with the exact same circumstances overnight. You, right? So it's like, what was really the the benefit of being in first that whole time? Like, how much did it really dock them if in the end and i know we're skipping a bunch and we're not going to but if in the end it was only well you get to start five minutes earlier because you finished first on day one do you know what i mean like there are so many things that happen in terms of having to carry that gurney for the four laps that they had to do right doing all those puzzles and all of that was only worth five minutes yeah <laughs> right i agree I, and I think it speaks volumes about how big the actual lead was that the Brits had established. Yeah. That, because, like, in, like, previous seasons, you basically, like, if you cross, like, when you get to the overnight checkpoint, mm -hmm. they'll be like, oh, you got, like, you had a 13-minute lead when you got to the overnight check checkpoint. So the next morning, you get a 13-minute lead when you leave. Yeah. I think that the Brits' lead was so big getting to the boats that they just had to be like, yeah, it's five minutes. Because I think it was like 20, 25 minutes. Like, I think it was a huge... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make sense. I mean, put it this way. Put it this way. The Brits, aside from the, like, designated checkpoints, did not stop. Like, after CT pushed them down, mm -hmm. the Brits just, like, kept building a lead. So, like, every time, aside from the 10-minute stop the brits were pulling away from the americans for hours yeah no that's true that's true like it's probably huge so question for you i mentioned they got on the boats and we saw them all go by on the boats but tj on the sea dude <laughs> what is like what is going on there because my guy just pulls up like you know like the baddest mf -er there is, right? Like, <laughs> like it, Stockwell Day in 1996. Oh, wow. That's, wow. What a deep Canadian reference that wow. is. Jeez. You, you, <laughs> you've thrown me off now twice already in this pod. Wow. I'm speechless after that one. But I'll <laughs> say this. So TJ pulls up, and it really served no purpose. Like, he just pulled up to be like, yeah, so you got to swim over there, <laughs> right? Like, that's really honestly, all he said. Honestly, here's what I imagine happened. <laughs> they were setting up the scene, and, like, they probably had those jet skis to, like, ferry people back and forth. They probably had the jet skis for camera operators to, like, yeah. for uh, swim shots and stuff and, like, for uh, safety people, mm -hmm. right? Like, you'd have... Uh, the medics yeah. there in case someone struggles in the water yep. and i bet you tj saw it and was like i want one of those you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. like he probably was like oh that looks rad let me get out there and they're like all right we'll work it in um the other part of that though the boat ride over is we get a bunch of scenes still of paulie can't even sit down leroy's trying to like stretch him out it's not working he's like screaming that his muscles are seizing up but yet my guy was able to swim. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with that guy. I didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. I, I 
Yeah, it, it was amazing how he'd be. I mean, he looked like shit physically the entire time, but then he'd like be good to go for like five minutes or like twenty minutes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like including swimming, like his muscles are seizing when he's on the boat, and like I I don't think he's faking it, but then he like I guess digs deep. I don't know. I don't get it. It's just it. a weird performance all around, and. I mean, I don't know. I kind of wanted a breakdown, which I guess I always do in these finales. But so we see the bed situation, right? There's one bed that or t- one bed per team, but it's in a pit of mm-hmm. like Jordan says there's a hundred snakes. And basically one person could sleep at a time per team and everyone else had to be on the stairs. I wanted to know, yeah. like, how do you even divide up who gets to sleep? How long you get to sleep for? Did they have to stand on the stairs? They weren't allowed to lie down on the stairs. Was that a thing that I missed? Maybe. Yeah, uh, I think they were allowed to sit. Like at one time, at one point, they showed Rogan resting his head on D's shoulder and like sort of napping. And like I can't imagine that they would do that standing. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I loved. D says we have snakes in Australia that will kill you. And, like, true, but D, everything in Australia will kill you. Jeez. Like, isn't that the what everyone talks about, that country? That, like, everything's lethal? <laughs> I, I mean, fair enough. I'll take your word for it. I don't know. How, Sheldon, how do you like snakes? Like, how would you do with this? I don't think I'd be able to sleep. Like, the only I way... I don't know. Because here's the thing. If I, if I were... If I was able to fall asleep... It would just be because I was so exhausted, I couldn't keep my eyes open. Like, extreme, extreme exhaustion that I couldn't, which obviously I would be at least near that point. But I feel like the snakes and adrenaline, like, I would just be up. I don't know if I would have been able to sleep. I, yeah, I'm torn here. So, like... I do not like snakes. Like, if I go to the zoo and there's a glass between me and the snakes, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> and one thing to keep in mind is that snakes are cold-blooded animals, mm-hmm. so they're going to seek out your body heat, right? Uh... Like, especially as it gets colder at night. Like, they're going to... Like, that's why the snakes are going up onto the beds. Yeah. yeah. And, like, on the one hand, I would, like, logically I would know... The producers are not actually going to have poisonous snakes. No. Right? Like, they've been defanged or depoisoned. Like, they're not going to actually put you in danger. That said, I would not like the snakes being all over me. And a hundred snakes would be noisy. <laughs> That's true. It, and in all seriousness, like, a hundred snakes all hissing and everything, like, it would not be quiet. And but on the other hand, I'd be so exhausted. Like I really don't know how I'd handle this situation. No, I agree. I agree. It would have been so super weird, and I don't know the answer. I don't know what I would have done in that situation. It would have been really, really trippy to be around all those snakes, and also other people freaking out. I don't know how I'd react to that either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. It was it was interesting, though. It was a cool little uh, addition, let's say. You know, just a little wrinkle thrown in to make it a little more difficult. But uh, 
question for you. Leroy makes a comment at one point where he says he's the MVP of day one. Is that accurate? And of course, we're assuming that he means a U.S. team MVP. Yeah. You agree with that? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking about it. Because <laughs> it's got to be... On the American team, y- yeah, I guess so. Because it's got to be between him, Zach, or Cam, right? Because they carried it the most, right? They carried the, the stupid gurney the most. And if you say Zach did more yelling, right, and not being as much of a team player as they needed, but mm-hmm. if you say that Leroy carried it more than Cam, I I might be okay with Leroy being the leader, yeah. Also, he yeah. stretched out Polly. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I think Zach has performed better, but his attitude sucks. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. So, yeah, yeah, I'd give it to Leroy. Okay. He's, I think he's a good glue guy, and um, we'll get to his, like, overall performance later. But, yeah, I think that's fair. I also liked at this point when they're on the boat, he says, you know, Zach is complaining, Polly has died, <laughs> and Ninja, she sucks. <laughs> I just love how dismissive everyone is of Ninja, and we don't really see how. Like, they don't... Like I think I know she wasn't carrying a ton, but she was carrying stuff, and she didn't nearly die alone in the jungle. Like I don't. I think it's, it's more hard to attitude. see how exactly she's. I think she just yeah. has an annoying personality, and I think that weighs on people more than the fact that whether or not she actually sucks or not. Like that's what I think. I have no idea, but I think that's what it is. I think she just rubs people the wrong way, and they probably had so much more expectations for her. And that's kind of caused the, all right, shut up, get over yourself, you know, um, much in, yeah. much like the way that Polly throwing up, <laughs> jeez. So like that's a symptom of heat stroke. He clearly has terrible heat stroke. Yeah. And I like that Kara's just straight up lying to the producers, like, no, no, he's fine. And Jordan says, sort of in a voiceover confessional, you know, after he came at us, meaning him and Tori. Like, he's the Burger King. Yeah. And did I mishear that? No, or, that's what I heard, too. Or is Jordan under the impression that the Burger King comes after people? Like, am I missing something? I was so confused. I didn't understand what he was trying to say. I, I, I missed the, the burger, how burgers came into it. Totally missed that. I, I honestly wonder if he was, like, aiming for a King Radical reference from Dr. McNinja. I have no idea what is, you just said. <laughs> there's a good chance that no one understands what I just said. But <laughs> on the off chance that one of our listeners is a fan of Dr. McNinja and knows who King Radical is, they will be losing their minds right now. I wonder if my guy LT knows what you're talking about. I don't know. I wonder. I'm it's gonna possible. Ask him, I'm going to ask him. Well, he'll listen. Good old LT. Shouts to LT. Um, so the next morning, they have to solve puzzles, one for each of them, because once they are done their individual puzzle, they have to race across the island running, swim to their team boat, and there's only four spaces on each boat. In other words, it's a purge. Yeah. So the Brits are going to lose one player, and the Americans are going to lose three. 
I don't know if you did this, but I wrote down who I thought was going to make the boat from each team. I didn't because I thought that's the beauty of it. You have no, well, I thought it was kind of the gift and the curse of it. I can't lie because I thought of the positives, but then quickly before they started, I was like, wait a second. So that means that this jackass Polly could actually make it through now after not doing anything the entire time. Like he could take up someone's spot because again, with three people missing out for the U S team, that's so terrible coming out of what just happened and what they just went through. And that's, I was thinking this before they actually did it. Yeah, it sucks. It kind of really sucks. And cause I mean, even for the UK team, it would kind of suck for the one person that didn't make it. But yeah, the flip side was, you know, and I don't know if, I mean, I, I'm thinking about this now. So, so walk with me for a second here. Okay. But would Jordan and Tori be calculated enough to be like, do you know what? If one of us win, we're fine anyways. Do we need to be greedy and get half a mil? Do you know what I mean? Between the two of them? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that they didn't try because obviously you're a couple and having a half a mil as opposed to 250,000 is a huge difference. And I get all that. But I'm just saying was the pressure probably a little less was it a little less stressful knowing that well at least if one of us get through we're okay one person's got to go yeah and and it's not like they disliked the other people on their team right they grew to no, kind no. of kind of had a little bond there so you, you know what i mean and i don't know hey i could be way off here i'm floating a theory kind of thinking it through as it happens but what do you think of that john yeah, I don't know. I mean, $500,000 is a lot better than $250,000. For sure. And they were say, saying throughout the episode that they want to buy a house. They live in the Los Angeles area, Ooh. so a house is not cheap. All right, so disregard everything um, I just said then. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I mean, $250,000, that's a, certainly a down payment. Yep. And, like, let's not forget, and we bring this up all the time, they're getting paid for every episode that they're on. So it's not like if one of them doesn't make the boat, they're not getting a paycheck from Bunham Murray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for but sure. But like having half a million dollars on top of that paycheck, that's even nicer. No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, well, let me hear who you had down as being the fastest puzzle wizards in the house. So. So I expected that from the British, it would be Rogan, CT, Jordan, and Tori. Uh, Not in that order. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was picking CT because he is, of everyone left, one of the best at puzzles. Mm-hmm. Like, if you were to stack up all the regular um, challenge competitors, CT would be a top five uh, puzzle guy. I like, feel he's like, pretty good. At I them, feel right? like he and Kara have talked about the fact that they actually like practice different kinds of puzzles and stuff in anticipation of the challenge. No. Yeah. Okay. And I also, I in the back of my mind, I had that D really struggled on that math challenge, mm-hmm. and also that if it came down to a foot and swimming race, yeah that D would struggle for sure with the swimming for sure. So that was, that was my four. 
from the Brits and then from the Americans, I expected it was going to be um, Ashley, Cam, Zach, and Leroy. And my logic was that they were all in the best shape in terms of not being delirious. Ah, okay. Um, and Kara has, although is very good at puzzles, she's also really flustered. Like, she's in a bad way mentally, and Polly struggling, I figured, would also throw her off. Mm-hmm. Zach's pretty good at puzzles. He's not, I wouldn't say he's as good as CT and Kara uh, or Ashley, who in my mind, those are the top three that are still left. But like, you know, he's decent. And then I thought, you know, Leroy and Cam would like figure a way through. Um, but I was very wrong, wasn't I, Sheldon? I mean, first off, odds makers of Ninja finishing first and again, not because I think Ninja is not smart, but I don't know how much puzzles have to do with being smart, right? It's just kind of like a weird kind of wild card type thing. And her strategy that she had was just a good strategy. And so she figures it out first, which I think was a surprise. And I think it was Zach. I that was, was stunned. I was stunned as well. And I think Zach was like so mad because she was like, I don't know if it was like a giggle. I don't know what it was she was doing as she like, she did like a yelp. Yeah, it was it was weird um, as she ran by, but she has reason to be excited, right? So she was the first one done, and then Kara was second. And to back up your point of what you were just making about Kara, you could tell, I'm going to say that you're right, because the look on her face, she was so happy. It was like she was surprised herself that she did that well. She was so pleased with herself, right? As she ran out. Mm-hmm. And then after Kara, it was D and then Rogan. And I wrote down at this point, I got to give Rogan some credit, man. Because yeah. I did a lot of bashing of Rogan during this season, just about the political moves that he was making. But at the end of the day, my guy was here in the final and he was holding his own. Right? And so he finished ahead of Pauly was next. And I, w- I wrote down, mm-hmm. I'm like, this sucks. I'm like, if Pauly somehow yeah. comes back and wins, this is where I started to get mad because I was like, no, Pauly can't win. This would be terrible. So I was worried for a bit. But basically at this point, it becomes a swimming race. And the last three people that were there that timed out was Ashley, Cam, Leroy, and Tori, right? Yep. So at that point, when you saw those four there, what were your reaction? Because it... It was kind of a cool scene in terms of them standing on the shoreline watching the final swimmers make it onto the boat. I was disappointed. Yeah. Those are four of my favorite people on the show, mm-hmm. period. Yeah. No, I, I don't like, disagree. I really like all four of them, and I also think all four of them are really good competitors. Yeah. Yeah. And notably, all four of them did great on the first day for sure and i think that's the part that sucked the most right because you could make the argument that cam leroy and ashley were the three best players on the u.s on day one because again you point to zach's attitude right zach had a terrible attitude but arguably you could say ashley cam and leroy without them what happens because there was even a, a point where cam was being such a good leader and trying to motivate the team and keep them going and remember when she was trying to tell the girls like let's just grab the bags and go and if paulie's gonna quit he's gonna quit 
which I think kind of like motivated him to get his ass up. But it did kind of suck seeing those three lose. And, you know, Tori, Tori kind of took it with a grain of salt because she was just so happy that Jordan was there and Jordan still had a chance to go get it. But Leroy, man, Leroy's confessional. That was the thing, man. That was the thing. Yeah, I was, and we're going to get, I mean, we're going to get to it. The Brits get to the boat first Mm -hmm. and win. They win the whole thing. I know we're skipping the chain gang portion, but bear with me on this point. And it's such a weird season because some of the people who had their best seasons ever did not win. Yeah. Like, Leroy had... He's been on 11 seasons, and Leroy played the best season he's had yet. Tori had an excellent season. Yeah. And, like, it sucks to see them both taken out by a puzzle. Like, that's the only thing holding them back. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that D and Rogan don't deserve to win, but Rogan and to a lesser extent D played the worst political game. <laughs> One of the top three worst political games in the history of the show. Yeah. See, I, I, I got to think about I, that I, at I, the end, but yeah. And Polly and Kara played it's such a strange game. Like in some ways they played really smart politically, but in other ways they played horribly politically. Yeah. Like it's such a mixed bag. Like it's a it's such a weird end to the season. Um but let's talk about, I have a few more notes about this like getting to the boat scene. Is it just me or did production definitely not have a tripod available for the spontaneous on the beach confessionals of Tori and Ashley? Like that was the shakiest cam I have ever seen on tv like they had a steadier cam when they were walking through the jungle with gurneys <laughs> right did you notice that I did not am i alone that. i did not notice i did not notice that at i all. also um it was funny when they when the americans got on the boat zach goes i am not feeling good about who's left on the team because <laughs> 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 he's got like the reanimated corpse of polly yeah, Ms. Negativity, Kara, and Ninja. Who? How did he describe it? I think he said his least the person, his least favorite person in the world, or something like that. <laughs> yes, and I also I want to give a shout out to Ashley, who I I'm a big fan of Ashley's. She played a great season as well. Yeah, yeah. She played like she came into that house first episode. I think you and I even spoke about how she had no allies. She forged allies, mm-hmm. was on politically the winning side. Yep. Um, when it came to the the final competition, the final challenge, no one criticized her except Kara and Polly got defensive when she was shouting at them. But like Zach, who is a hypercritical person, I didn't hear him once say Ashley's not carrying her weight. Did you? No. Nope. nope. I think I didn't hear Leroy or Cam take a run at Ashley either. Like no one is saying like, "Oh, fucking Ashley, she carried her weight throughout the whole season." No, I, I definitely agree with you, and that's what made it so weird, right? Like, 
not that anyone deserves like deserves is a tough word but yeah the four people that were eliminated it was tough right and to see Leroy cry I was like whoa okay and the funny part to me because so we know obviously yeah as you mentioned the UK wins obviously right and it was funny because you looked at the foursomes and Ninja, Kara, Polly, and Zach versus CT, Rogan, Jordan, and D. And right there, I'm like, okay, well, the UK team is better, right? Like, I'd, if I'm gambling here, I'd rather have the UK team first off, right? And mm-hmm. even once you saw what the final challenge was, which was there, it's a chain gang, and you know they gotta like run around an island essentially. And then paddleboard, and really, it was it was kind of anticlimactic, right? In terms of like what the actual event was at the at the very end, um, and because both teams just kind of timed out on that puzzle. But at the end of the day, I look at the two teams, and I thought the UK team won, and I don't really know how to feel about it, right? Because you think about how the season played out. My biggest question to you is, how did we get here? Yeah. Right? Because it's such an odd season. Like, the UK team lost every single challenge, right? And then kept voting in their own strong players. But then in the end, they win. And I think I have an answer to that. But I wanted to ask you first, like, how did we get here? How like, Does it even make sense that they won? I mean, if you... No, (laughs) like it's it's such I was going to say yes, because like they won because Jordan and Tori joined them. Yes. Like, but they won despite themselves like they won because two good players were like, we're going to join that team and we're going to drag their asses to the final. Yeah, no, for sure. And I wrote down the question, do they win without Jordan and Tori? And it's. An emphatic no, right? Like, we can easily agree on that. Yeah. So, then it comes back to what Zach said in terms of... Because remember, in his very last confessional, he says that he blames Kara and Polly for just making yeah. the worst decisions. And I think, for sure, the decision in terms of we're going to change our central focus into getting Jordan and Tori out that kind of backfired on them because they were so focused on getting them out when really you didn't get them out and instead they turned into your competition that took the money away from you. So mm-hmm. that's the part that's kind of messed up and that's kind of weird. And if Jordan and Tori aren't there and if you replace them with, you know, Bear and Georgia, let's say, or whoever, right? Pick two other people that could have been on the UK still. Do they gas out when Jordan and Tori didn't gas out? Right? It, yeah. It's such a like key factor, but clearly the biggest move of the season were made by Jordan and Tori. And I think it's actually fitting that one of Jordan and Tori won, but also one. So I didn't want to step ahead. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it there because I don't want to step ahead too far. But yeah, the biggest move of the season was were made by Jordan and Tori, and I think that without that, that's the whole turning point of the whole thing, and without that, the UK doesn't come close to winning. Yeah. Well, I think, to your point, Jordan and Tori deserve to win. Mm-hmm. And the British 
team winning without Tori sort of makes it bittersweet. And the British team winning with Rogan winning also is bittersweet because <laughs> Rogan, he did well in the final challenge, yeah. but played just a horrible political game. Yeah. So, like... But like, hold on, I'll ask, you, me, I'll ask you, did he play a horrible political game? Yeah, I think he did. I think he won despite himself. Hmm. Right? Like, he... If CT hadn't flipped and basically safeguarded Tory, Rogan had every intention of throwing Tory in in that final uh, no, right. elimination. Nope, you're right there. And and again, like if Joss and Rogan had not eliminated Jenny and Georgia. And Theo and Bear, like this is a whole different game, you know. Like I, it's so many theoreticals, but like, but like, how put well this would way. Theo have done in this challenge, right? Like he would have been pretty good. Yeah, put it this way: How would you feel about this ending if the British team that won was CT, Jordan, D, and Tory? Uh, that's interesting. I I feel better. It's interesting. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I find it interesting. But you bring up someone who's very important. That's CT. Because yeah. what I was going to say about two minutes ago was CT played the most interesting game because of the position he was put in, right? He was brought in after the fact. He was kind of, as he alluded to, he felt dissed by the U.S. team. When they didn't pick him, they picked Turbo instead. And so he had to play this weird game where he was on the losing team, but he had to kind of play the leadership role and, like, mentor role, but couldn't actually take sides as the faction of their, you know, team split. And so he had to, like, play both sides, and he did so for as long as he could. But then in the end, came up with the big move to keep Tory. Right? So, like, so many big moves made by CT, and then he put up a solid performance in the actual finale. And it's like, CT really had a great, great, great season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was wrestling with who to name my MVP, because I, I believe that for this episode we should just name our MB, MVP of the seasons. Yeah. And... Like, CT's kind of in there. No, I totally agree with you. And I think my MVP, if I'm picking an MVP, CT would get my second pick. My first pick is Jordan. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You're right. It's got to be Jordan. And I, I say that just because Jordan went into the eliminations. And whereas, yes, it's definitely a skill by CT. You know, you got to give him credit for avoiding eliminations, which is always the goal. But in Jordan's instant, like once Jordan started getting put in, he couldn't stop getting put in, right? Like there's nothing he could have done yeah, yeah. to not be put into the eliminations. And so to continuously come out on the winning end each and every time and then make the bold move of saying, hey, me and my girl are going to switch teams and go to the other side and then I'm still going to win and I'm going to propose. <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty good season. That's a pretty good season. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. 
Um, I also have to point out that with that win, Jordan has now won three times. And although he is not the winningest player, that's still Johnny Bananas mm-hmm. with six wins, Jordan is second most on the all-time prize money list. Wow. Okay. Not bad at all. Not bad You know at who all. number one is? It's not uh, Kara? Nope. Ah. She's fifth. Oh, wow. And it's not bananas because the prize money really just blew up as of late, right? Yeah, Johnny is fourth all time. So it's got to be someone that won recently. It's like Ashley. Didn't Ashley win like a crazy amount? It is Ashley because she took the money from Hunter. Yes. (laughs) I still like that, that plot twist. Although I wonder if like the challengers kind of revolted and said, listen, you cannot have us get all the way to the final and give someone the opportunity to steal all the money. That ain't cool. Or maybe they just have a thing where you can't do it every single season because then it loses its luster. Right? So. Yeah. But yeah. Fair enough. So I have to ask you, Sheldon, what was your overall impression of this season? Because I got to tell you, a lot of people did not like this season. I agree. I've I've heard a lot of the feedback I've seen online, Some even some of the people I talked to, although a couple of people I talked to at work, they really did like this season and didn't understand like why people had such negative feelings about it. But I can say for me, I was thoroughly entertained the whole year, and I think it was because yep. there was so much strategy involved, and so even if I didn't agree with what was being done – the strategy was on point in terms of sorry the strategy was a focal point for the whole season right and and i like that that's one of the main reasons why i like the game and between the strategy and they had solid challenges like really good challenges for the most part that kept me entertained now if you want to say this season lacked the drama in terms of like fights and hookups and obviously you know me i love my club scenes yeah, those things were missing from this season, but I can't really say that that made me, like, I'd rather it be too much this way as opposed to too much the other way, where it's all partying and it's all fighting and it's all relationship drama and not really much actual gameplay. Yeah. What did you think? What was your overall, like, feeling for the season? I enjoyed it. I don't understand why people disliked it. You know what? That This is actually why I wanted to circle around to it. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I enjoyed it. I liked this season. It was interesting. Like I said, the, the finale was kind of bittersweet because like people who I believe deserve to win, like CT and Jordan won. Yeah. Whereas people who I thought, again, I think Leroy had the best season of his career i thought ashley had a great season i thought tori tori definitely had a great season to see them not win and tori's team won but she didn't like that's tough yeah um so like the ending is like i don't know sort of a mixed bag but i enjoyed it from start to finish i think that one of the problems is that there is in challenge fandom people who are ride or die for Kara. And Polly, the kind of people that would go to Polly's viewing party. Okay. 
And I think <laughs> if you are ride or die for Kara and Polly, this was a hard season to watch. Hmm. Because yeah. and like I I said I think on virtually every episode of You Killed It this season, I liked Polly more and more this season. Okay. He and like we bagged on him for how he performed in the finale. But like heat strokes heat stroke. Like that's like it could just be like food sitting badly with him. Like I think in a lot of ways he played a really good season. But and like much more likable, right? I totally agree uh, with that. Like he really he won me over in a lot of ways. We'll see like going forward what he's like. But I I liked him a lot more this season. But it's hard if you're like a Cara Maria st- stan, and she has probably the most hardcore fan base. Yeah. It's really hard to sign off on her behavior this season. And further to that, right? Like if you're talking about the masses maybe not being as into it, even though I want to say maybe not last week, but the week before, I was on Twitter and I swear that was the first time all season where I noticed that the challenge was trending in Canada. Right? Like while the episode was on. But I think the... And that was just a really, really good episode. But... What I think also happened this season is I don't know if most people like Jordan. And so there's a lot of Jordan this season. And the other thing is we know the masses. You feel something about Johnny Bananas, Wes, Laurel, and they all went out early. So I wonder if like that played a role in people kind of like falling off because you had to buy in a lot to you got a lot of Rogan, right? You got a lot of D and Ninja, a lot of, you know, Cam and Leroy, whereas, you know, it might not be because we've had like entertaining Cam and Leroy. But this was like, you know, Leroy being the good guy. He was almost like Captain America, right? Um, yeah, you had Zach, but no Jenna. So I don't know if like just the faces that we saw, if they were like the headliners that would keep people entertained. You know, you didn't even get that much bear, right? Stirring the pot, stirring the drama. So you got a little bit, but not enough of it, if that makes sense. But I still think Mm -hmm. there were massive highs this season. Like if you go back to like the Josh fight with Pauly, like that was just hilarious, right? Bear had his moments, a bear in Georgia, kind of like back and forth, whatever they're doing. That was hilarious. The strategy, you know, the fact of Laurel and Johnny thinking they were masterminding and then that backfiring and then Wes thinking he was in control and then that backfiring. And yeah, I mean, it was just a weird season, but I feel like there were enough things that happened that each and every week I felt like we got maybe 10 weeks in, John, before I said to you, I think that last episode was just kind of nah, right? But before that, I was in. I think you're... I think you raised a good point where you talked about how, like, Johnny Bananas, Wes, and Laurel, they all evoke strong emotions, whether you like them or you dislike them. And so if you... So to have them all exit early is going to evoke strong emotions? Yeah. And also, Turbo's exit was very divisive. For sure. For sure. The show also... 
they sort of like on the one hand i really like that they've expanded the cast to basically if you're on any reality tv show you're eligible to come on the challenge i really like that okay but it also means that a lot of the cast now especially on a show that's half british are to north american viewers like you and i we don't know the backstory yeah right like we we have invested so much time in emotion like you and i have watched 12 television seasons of leroy right <laughs> 11 seasons of the challenge and one season of the real world when he was on vegas and that was a great season by the way it was a great season and like obviously nani was on that season you know what i mean like there's a lot of yeah. sweat equity in the like more traditional challenge cast members yep and so we've only had two seasons of turbo and so it's it's hard to get to be invested but there's like a lot of focus on these people just like the way it all broke down so all in all like i enjoyed this season but i also understand why other people did not like it leaves a there's a lot of things that are hard to take yeah and it's just sort of the way it all panned out like beyond the control of the producers no, I totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. And overall, was I entertained? Definitely. Definitely I was entertained. Definitely I think it was a plus season. I think it was a good season. I, I enjoyed it. And again, like, I don't need... Don't get me wrong. There was enough drama and yelling and screaming that was funny, but they didn't go overboard. You know, there wasn't like any crazy relationship hookup, but... There was enough with the Georgia and uh, and Bear shit. You know what I mean? Like, there was enough to make it funny, to lighten the mood, let's say. And I just like the structure of the game I enjoyed. I thought that was really cool because you couldn't really figure it out. And even though Polly and them thought they were running the house the whole time, in the end, it turned out they really weren't, right? And that's the thing that was cool because... Every single week, John, we were here trying to figure out, wait, was that the right move? Should someone have switched teams? Should they have put this person in instead? Wait, how does that affect the numbers? Wait, how many people are in this alliance? And that, to me, is why I enjoy the challenge so much. So, yeah, I liked it. So, it sounds like we have a consensus that Jordan was the MVP of the season. For sure. I want to hear from the people, though, too. Like, let us know in the comments for sure who you guys think killed it for this entire season. I mean, other than TJ and his slow-mo on RTVs and CDUs, but let us know for sure. Want to know what you guys think. And importantly, we skipped this last episode, but what was your line of the episode? Oh, it, that was easy for me. And it was, I'm rich, biatch. <laughs> no, I, I was all about CT going... Again, that ice cream money. Yes. That ice For cream money. CT Jr., CJ. Do you think he even knows the parallels of what he did with cream? Cash rules everything around me? Or no? Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Okay. He's old enough that he'd be into the Wu-Tang Clan. True. True, true, true. Uh, we're definitely going to have to talk about the reunion special next week. Yeah, that looks that looks interesting. That looks very interesting. And I'll say this much. Next week, I'll probably be a lot more relaxed because 
after next Tuesday, I'm on vacation from work until January 6th. So let's go. Oh, damn. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) One more time. Let's Uh, go. (laughs) Where can the people find you on the social media when you're on your vacation? You can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander and like, and subscribe people to the podcast. Shouts to the people holding us down on iTunes and on YouTube and on the OGs on SoundCloud, right? Yep. Really appreciate it. Uh, you can, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at J Chidley Hill. Uh, I don't even know what I'm going to be covering soon and, and tweeting about, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. I tweet about a lot of things. Some people like it. Some people don't. Whatevs. It's all good. Uh, and until next week, when we have the reunion special, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, me too. This was You Killed It. You killed it.